Hello, hello, hello. I'm Janessa Prudholm, wife, mom, Jesus lover, and your podcast host. You're listening to the hashtag Create Your Earth Life podcast. This podcast has converted with me from new age to Christian. And the goal here is to help you grow in your faith through Bible studies, testimonies, and real life experiences. At the end of each episode, I sprinkle on a faith-based entrepreneur tip, helping you expand the kingdom through your business. So ex-New Agers, newborn Christians, mamas, entrepreneurs, and those who want to grow in their faith, you have come to the right podcast. Say a prayer, grab your drink of choice, and let's get growing. Right, Molly, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Molly DeFrank. I am a mom and foster mom to six kids, and I am the author of Digital Detox, the two-week tech reset for kids. Awesome. So I found you on Instagram, as I had mentioned before while we were talking, and um, I found your Instagram very interesting because you are talking about detoxing our children from screen time in a world we live in that is full of digital learning, you know, watching TV, parents are busy, they're starting, they're working at home because of everything going on. So they're having their kids, you know, watch TV or play video games. Um, People even adults are uh, distracted by screen time all the time on their phone and everything. Um, But I specifically thought it was interesting for kids because I definitely struggle with this in my home. One, a couple of things I saw on your Instagram that were really cool um, is that you share tips on there and information. And I loved how you talked about dopamine that really clicked for me when you shared on your Instagram that children, when they stop using screen time, their dopamine crashes. And so that's, you know, the bad behavior or, you know, I don't really want to call it bad behavior, but that's what we're seeing when children are acting out. So yeah, there's a lot of great information on there. So I just want to start off with asking you what encouraged you to start researching screen time and how it can be toxic to us and sharing the information that you gathered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, like I mentioned, I have a lot of kids in the home. Um, And about three years ago, I was like a lot of parents, I was just sick of the screen time meltdowns. After screen time, no matter what, there was a meltdown. We set the timer, we do reminders beforehand. Um, We were trying to be really responsible. We were following the guidelines and still we saw negative effects of screen time. Um, nothing else seemed to be working. We would give back, we would give them more for good behavior. We'd take it away for bad behavior. And still it was a struggle. Um, the sibling fighting was next level. The attention spans were pretty low. And frankly, my husband and I didn't know that the screen time was having such a huge effect on the kids. We thought, could it be dietary? Is it related to sugar? We didn't know. And so I kind of dove headfirst into this thing, into this detox stuff um, without doing any research at all. So this is why I wrote my book. I wrote the book that I wish we had before we started our detox. Um, In the three years since we did this experiment on our kids, we've been helping other families get through their own detoxes and then create a long-term plan for how to sustain these incredible results. Because what we found is that a lot of parents know that something's wrong. And the data is showing this too. 85% 85% of parents are concerned about the amount of times their kid time their kids are spending on a screen. And seven in 10 parents say that they're afraid their kids' devices are turning them into internet zombies. So a lot of parents feel like they're alone. They think that 
the struggles unique to their household or their kids. And there can be shame in this conversation. We want to get that out of there. Just know that this problem is hugely pervasive. You're not alone. Your kids are very normal. They're normal human people responding to a stimulus. Like you were talking about that dopamine that's getting released in excessive amounts in their brain. And they just need our help. That's the bottom line. So there's no shame in taking a minute and assessing the situation and saying, you know what? The status quo is not working for us. We have this vision of how we want technology to work for us. We don't want to feel enslaved to it. We don't want our kids to feel addicted to it. And it's time that we get back in the driver's seat and we do what needs to be done. So that's what I help parents do. I help them get back in the driver's seat. I help them put technology in its right place so that it's working for them. Um, That's why the first half of the book is the detox. I'll get you through those two weeks, all of the tips, all the troubleshooting. And then the second half is about how to make that long-term plan so that it works in your house. Uh, This is going to look a little different for every type of family. Um, But the good news is there's absolutely a way to get free from this and to make sure that technology is working for you rather than you feeling enslaved to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, that's what I experience, um, with my child. Like I said, uh, he, he loves video games. He loves TV. I've definitely gone through that whole thing of like, okay, well you can do 30 minutes or, um, you know, if you're good, you can have it. Or if you're not good, you can't have it. And I've noticed the nights that I've just been like, you know what, we're just not going to do any screen time. It's, it's amazing. Like his, his behavior is so much better when he's like, can I watch TV? Can I play video games? I'm like, Oh, like instead of, cause sometimes I'll be like, no, you can't because your behavior is bad after. But I lately I've just been like, Oh, I'll think about it. We'll talk about it later. And I just kind of avoid it. And then I see how he acts and the whole night he is great. Like he's helpful and he goes and plays and we play together and there's more connection. Um, instead of him just like zombieing out on, electronics. 100%. And what most parents find is that it's not lack of options for our kids. Like they have more options for what to play with probably than any generation before. Um, I bet if you're listening to this, you can probably picture a shelf in your house of board games and art supplies that are gathering dust because your kids, they're not interested. And that's what the problem is for families. It's not the lack of options. It's the lack of interest. So this is what's getting to the heart of the problem. And this is why the detox works so effectively. It goes back to that dopamine that you were talking about. So our kids' devices, their games, their apps, they're purposefully engineered to release excessive amounts of dopamine, that feel-good chemical, that neurotransmitter in the brain. And that's just how we're wired. Um, When we experience something pleasurable, dopamine is released. Well, the problem is that the amount of dopamine released in a game or an app is so much higher than real life that dopamine receptors are actually numbing out. So it's like any addictive cycle, Now it requires more dopamine in order for our kids to experience the same amount of enjoyment that they used to experience with less. So So real life just cannot compete if regular gaming and hours of it every day is on the table. So when you do this detox, and I encourage parents, do not present this like a punishment. Just say, we're trying something new for a little while. We love you so much. We're just taking a break. Um, It's not because you did something wrong. We're just going to see how this goes. I've been reading about the benefits of it. Um, And so, you know, your kids know they're not in trouble, but you're trying something new. And that said, you know, there still will likely be a lot of pushback. And that's the scariest part, but I'll walk you through that in the book too. Um, But when you bring those dopamine levels back down to normal, your kids, now they've got a shot to reawaken those interests in real life and to flex those muscles of troubleshooting their own boredom and, um, you know, 
trying to figure out like, how am I wired and what am I into? Um, in real life, those skills and hobbies that will actually benefit them in the long run. And then after the two weeks, then parents, especially after they watch their kids and see, gosh, look at how well they're doing, or look at these new interests we're just discovering. Um, you can decide how much to put back in, but most families I help, they, they wind up, their long-term plan is nowhere close to what it was, but they would not have been able to, for example, I'll use our family. Um, we were doing one to two hours of daily screen time a day for my kids. And we thought this is so responsible. This is the recommendations. And still the effects were not just right after, um, it was impacting their moods all of the time. It impacts their sleep, their ability to pay attention, all of these things. So one to two hours a day. Um, now in our long-term plan phase, we allow our older kids. So nine and up to get one hour per week of interactive screen time. And it's only on the weekends. Now, if we tried to go from one to two hours a day and just switch that to one hour once a week, it would have been a disaster. <laughs> but because the kids were learning at the same time that we were, that they don't need that. And they were also developing those skills and getting better at their talents and natural giftings. Um, now this long-term plan looks a lot more doable for both the parents and the kids. Wow. So when they have time on the weekends to do what they want on the electronics for one hour, or if you split it up um, between the two days or whatever you do, the time when it's time for them to get off, do they like, do you experience a dopamine crash then? Like do that you experience their behavior um, being upset? You know what? For the most part, no. Um, and this is why it's really important to notice your kids. One child psychiatrist said to view their interactive digital consumption, interactive like gaming or apps where they're tapping a screen, um, really in terms of dosage, because it's amping them up so much. It's putting them into fight or flight mode. So different kids can handle different amounts. And that's why we just cut it out altogether for our younger kids. If you have kids with ADHD, so many of those parents will notice that those kids are particularly susceptible to really bad mood problems and huge meltdowns afterwards. Um, so it's really about knowing your kids, getting to know them, what they can handle, what is beneficial versus what is just going to make everything way more difficult. And, you know, I also want to want to encourage parents that this is so doable and practical. So when I'm talking one hour a week, um, our family loves digital entertainment. We, we enjoy it. So the things that don't count towards that one hour, we enjoy TV shows together as a family. So when I, I'm not counting, um, when we use technology to connect with each other, like we love watching Lord of the Rings or some, there's some cooking shows that we enjoy watching as a family. I don't even count that because we're connecting together. Um, or, you know, we have a computer in the kitchen and if my kids want to, you know, create something, sometimes they'll want to write a story. Of course, go for it. I don't even count that. So when they use technology in our long-term plan to connect, to connect with each other or to create, I'm good with that. That's when technology is working best for us. Um, I use it, like you mentioned on Instagram. Um, I love sharing with my audience, with moms. A lot of moms are on Instagram and I think it can be a great place to connect with people, but it's just about putting it in its right place. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, um, I see like on Instagram when I'm scrolling through there, the uh, sponsored ads and I'll see like, download this app. It's educational for children. What are your thoughts about that? Oh yeah. Um, you got to be so careful with those after some research, many, or if not most of those apps that are billed as educational have no third party 
validating that they are, in fact, educational. Um, the research actually shows that kids learn so much better from a caregiver. Um, for our youngest kids, for example, they can't learn functional language from a device. They just, it's it doesn't... Um, translate for them. So our, I was talking to a speech therapist about it. She said they, you know, parents will think, oh, my kids, they look, they have all these words. And she said, after a short conversation, interaction with the kids, it's not functional language. They're just parroting words that they're hearing um, shouted at them from these apps. What kids need in the way they learn language is back and forth conversation from a loving caregiver. It's the same thing kids have always needed. Um, so yeah, writing, holding a pencil, all of these things that our kids really need. And we're finding that as a generation of parents, we have come to rely so heavily on these devices to solve all of our problems for us as kind of this electronic babysitter, this pacifier. And I would just want to encourage you that if you feel like you've gone too far down the rabbit hole with digital entertainment in your home, there is absolutely a way out. It is way simpler than you think. Um, the fear of getting started is is what keeps most parents um from making this total transformation. And so I just really want to encourage you that we have a community of parents. If you reach out to me, I'd love to invite you in. When you get the book, Digital Detox, you're welcome into our online community. We bounce ideas off each other. And again, there's an example of using technology really well um, to help each other and connect with each other. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, another note I was just thinking of was occupational therapists. They're saying that there's an, they're finding these new problems they're identifying and they're calling it virtual autism because it's kids who are presenting like they have autism and they do a little more investigating and they say, no, this isn't autism. This is kids who have not developed a lot of these skills because they've been numbing out on a screen. Um, so our kids really need us to kind of get back in the driver's seat and roll up our sleeves and say enough, we're taking a break and we're going to get back in charge because for too long, we've really bought into this marketing and the marketing machine with the, the tablets and you know, the iPad came out in 2011 and it was billed as this way to get ahead, this way to create future rocket scientists and look how educational it is. And what we found in my, my oldest was born in 2009. And after a couple of years of buying into this, we see, gosh, it doesn't, the marketing didn't deliver on the promise. And the other really interesting thing is you look at the people who created this technology, they are some of the strictest parents when it comes to what they allow their own kids to use. So, you know, it's been a decade, parents are looking back, we're scratching our heads, we're going, that probably wasn't the best route to take. Um, how do we fix it? And I just want to encourage you, it is way simpler than you think. And I'd love to help you through that in Digital Detox, the book I wrote. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I was wondering, what are your thoughts about, you know, since the pandemic started and everything, obviously children are using electronics a lot more, but also there is a rise in um, poor mental health for children, anxiety, depression. I mean, the suicide rate's very high for children. Do you think technology could be um, a correlation to poor mental health for children? 100%. And it's not just me thinking this, you know, postulating from the sidelines. This is what the researchers are telling us. Um, there have been a couple recent uh, articles in the Wall Street Journal that um, girls' ER visits for, so girls ages 12 to 19, ER visits for eating disorders have doubled over the course of the pandemic. And the doctors and researchers were studying this, going, what, 
what's the common denominator? And what they found was that two things, underlying mental health condition, but also TikTok videos. These TikToks that these girls are watching all the time with um, are giving them these body image complexes. So our kids just need us now more than ever. I mean, they are being thrust into a cutthroat world of comparison and they need their parents to show them what unconditional love looks like. We love you all the time. We love you no matter what you look like at your most awkward. So it's really a huge opportunity for parents to kind of step up here and help guide our kids through this. And I also really like to emphasize that we don't have to despair. Like there's so many things we could just get ourselves, you know, worked up and afraid, but we don't have to do that because the good news is that I believe the God of the universe chose the time and place where we would live and how many kids we'd have and what we'd be shepherding them through. So none of this is surprising to him. And he put us here at this place in time. So with him, we have what we need to shepherd our kids well. It's just a matter of, are we going to do the thing? You know, are we ready to sometimes be a little countercultural? Um, and I just encourage parents, you can absolutely do this thing. You can absolutely put it back in its right place. Yeah, absolutely. That is so encouraging. So for a parent right now listening, they're like, wow, okay, my kid, you know, it sounds like my kid might have a problem after listening to this. Maybe um, his behaviors or her behaviors are coming from electronics. What's a piece of advice you would give them? Like one thing you would say, you can start here right now. I would say the most critical piece of this whole thing of freeing our kids is the connection, the relationship that we have with our kids. So if you're planning to unplug your kids and that's it, it will crash and burn. The key is the connection that we have with our kids, showing them that they are fully known and fully loved. Um, And when you unplug, when you detox for two weeks, what what you're actually doing is you're amping up those parental powers of observation and that connection with our kids. So that instead of all the noise and distraction, they're looking at you, you're looking at them, you're kind of um, helping equip them for what, how they're naturally wired. You might see, gosh, I didn't realize that he was so good at art or that he at least was interested in it. And you're getting some books at the library talking about watercolors or whatever it is that your kid's into, Lego or engineering. I mean, the nonfiction uh, children's section at your library is your friend. (laughs) Go in there, try stuff out. Um, so yeah, I would just really encourage parents and, and to be, to be clear, because some parents can think, well, I don't have the time to, to substitute out all of my kids screen time, you know, maybe it's two or three hours a day with one-on-one attention. Absolutely. Most parents don't have time for that. You're working, you've got other kids, you got to go grocery shopping and cook and all that. And thankfully that's not what I'm talking about. And, um, the good news is that my husband and I talk about this all the time, that once you take it all away and give your kids this two-week window, they actually play independently and cooperatively with their siblings for longer periods of time um, because they're growing those, those skills to play on their own. So anyway, there's just so much that awaits you on the other side of this that I, I, can't, I can't encourage you enough if you're listening and if you're a parent and you're hesitant, you can absolutely do this. 
Yeah. And, you know, you make some good points. Um, you know, many times I'm like, oh, I got to go make dinner. You can watch TV for a little bit. And then of course, when I'm like, dinner's ready, it's, it's a fight. So I've learned over time that instead of having him watch TV or do something on electronics, I have him help me do it. So he's learned to crack eggs. He's learned to measure rice. He's learned to measure water, you know, cut, cut certain things. Um, like butter or whatever. And he's learning these life skills. And I listened to a podcast recently. I can't remember what podcast it was, but this woman was saying that her son was playing video games all the time. And her friends were like, well, it's fine. Like, you know where he is. He's safe. He's home. He's in the basement playing video games. And he started playing video games all the time. He quit all his sports. Um, he just, all he was doing is just schoolwork, video games. And when he got to college, um, he flunked like his classes and she picked him up when it was time to go home. And he was like, mom, like I've only played video games the past week. I'm extremely depressed. And she didn't know what to do. And he ended up actually going into the army, but over time, you know, when he stopped using video games, he started to figure out life a little bit. She realized there was a lot of life skills that he never learned because all he was doing was playing video games. Um, so it's a good opportunity when your child is not on the TV. Um, and when you're doing something and usually you'd be like, Oh, like go do something else. Like they can help you and they can learn and they can become independent. Like my son loves to make his own breakfast. He's like, Oh, I want to do it. And it, and it makes him feel good. You know? 100%. That's so encouraging what you said about including your son. And for a lot of parents, you're not alone too. If you're like, well, that's the only time I get to myself and listen to my podcast. So I get that if you're, if the idea of pulling a kid in to help you is stressful. Um, but I love doing that too with my kids. Or if I am kind of at the end of a busy, stressful day and I need to just kind of zone in and make the food, there are some really simple ways you can get your kids started on another activity. And when, when digital entertainment is off the table and they know it's not an option, so they can't nag you and get anything good out of it, um, they will find something to do. So for your littlest ones, my mom's favorite trick from when I was a kid and I used it with all my little ones, even like I would say six and under, hand them a wet rag it is the craziest thing. You're like, oh, can you, can you get this tile for me? Or, you know, do you want to scrub the banister? Like that would be so, what a good helper you are. And they will just go to town with a wet rag and clean up stuff or, um, you know, even a bowl of water, like a plastic bowl of water for the little ones on a towel. Or, um, sometimes I'll get like some salt. If you got like a three or four year old, like salt and flour and a little bit of water and the kids will just you know, go play if you're, if you happen to be struggle with sharing kitchen responsibilities, which I, something I am working through personally, <laughs> but I love that he can make, see, and look at those skills he's learning. Like he can make his own breakfast. That is incredible. And I know his future wife is going to be so grateful that you <laughs> as a young kid. And what you said about that, that college student too, it's really sobering and powerful. And I, I work parents, I work with a lot of parents through this. And I talk about this at the beginning of my book is that it's so much more than just pulling the plug. What we, what I try and help parents do is get that 30,000 foot view and say, what are we doing here? What do we want to do with this 18 years? Or, you know, if you got a nine-year-old, you already only got nine years left. You're halfway done with them under your roof. It's like, what do we want to accomplish? What do we want to instill in our kids? Um, maybe it's, 
fully understanding the fundamentals of their faith or memorizing scripture or, um, you know, whatever it is, even just basic life skills. Do you want to teach them to sew on a button? Do you want to teach them, um, these virtues? Like you look at the end and then you parent with that end game in mind. Um, and for so many of us, the days are just stacked up. They're so overscheduled and packed that we're just trying to pacify or mute button our kids so that we can get through our to-do lists. But when you add those days up, then we, you get to the end and it's like, gosh, what did we, I think I got a little distracted on the, the urgent over the important. So that's what I love doing in this book, Digital Detox, is I take parents through, okay, time out. Let's get this big picture view and then let's work backwards and get this digital stuff in its right place so that we can accomplish for our kids what it is that we want um, to grow in them. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So if parents are listening and they want to get tips from you, they want to buy your book, they want to connect with you, where can they go? Yeah, you can find Digital Detox anywhere books are sold. Um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target.com, Books A Million. Um, and you can find me on my website, mollydefrank.com. Um, and when you order my book, I actually have some freebies for you, waiting for you. And again, it's very practical. This guide is not just for like Pinterest moms or crafty moms or whatever. It is for literally anyone. So on my website, I have very practical things. When you buy the book, if you plug in your info, um, you'll get immediate access to these freebies, like how to get a skeptical spouse on board. So if you're into this idea and your spouse is like, no, thanks. Um, you know, save that marital conflict, get the guide. It's free. I'll share with you how to do that. Um, also a free list template. So how you can brainstorm with your kids, what they're going to do during the detox. I also have a hundred ideas for screen-free fun. And it's simple, simple stuff. Not like how to make a, you know, cardboard mansion or whatever. It's all just simple, simple stuff. So I, I would love to help you with that. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. I love sharing tips there as well. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is amazing and helpful. And I think a lot of parents are going to listen to this and say, wow, like there's someone out there that can help me. And, you know, they might even say, wow, I need to get help for my child. I need to figure this out. I need to take back control. Yes. And you're not alone. You are so not alone. And the way out is simple. I would love to help you. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Molly. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.